welcome. It's the Yard Sign, the most politically uh, important and relevant podcast in politics. It's Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we love you for watching. And uh, again, we're here doing this show for you guys. We're going to talk about everything that's going on. A lot of insanity happening here locally, nationally. Uh, it's uh, just craziness all around. And uh, that's why we're here to do the show, to kind of deconstruct this and uh, bring to you guys some, hopefully, some sanity into the conversation. Let's go ahead and bring up the topics. Coronavirus, of course. Uh, is going to be pretty much the only topic of the day. We're just going to slice it just about every way we can. Um, from the federal response, city, county, uh, local responses, our social contract, uh, pick apart exactly what that means, planes going forward, and, of course, insider trading being the last bit of uh, congressional news not related to this virus that uh, we saw come out of D.C. Uh, again, we appreciate you so much for being on the show. Uh, we've got a, a, a big table of, of uh, characters tonight. Uh, we, we've gone four wide at the table, so let's go ahead over there and do our introductions as we usually do about this time. Hey, you guys. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you want to go quiet, right? Not, not before the show, but all right. From left to right, ladies and gentlemen, that beauty is Michelle Sassuni, fiance to Mr. Jay Coffin. How you doing, Michelle? Doing great, you know, trying to stay safe and stay healthy, as all of you should be, too. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back to the show. Thank you for joining us. And uh, next to him uh, is uh, Anibal Cabrera. What's up, buddy? Hey, sir. Uh, glad to be back. Had a little bit of vacation with the wife, but now that everyone's on vacation, it's uh, good to go. Good to be here. Awesome. And again, uh, that uh, second beautiful face over there uh, <laughs> b that belongs to the lady on the far left is Jake Hoffman. <laughs> What's up? Um, you know, just surviving out here, trying to, you know, first my health and then business health and then try and speak some sanity into our local leaders. That's that's what I've been up to today. Speak some sanity into an evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. And then, of course, uh, sorry, <laughs> trying to do like three million things at once here. We've got Chris for Kylan joining us once again on the show. What's up, Chris? How's it going? I am uh, fired the hell up tonight uh, we've had some pretty serious things happen here in tampa internationally nationally i can't wait to talk about it i'm super excited for tonight all right well we got a little bit of a wonky angle there so i'm going to work on that while you guys start on tonight's topic again coronavirus let's kick off with the federal response we were helping to have my buddy chris carter on i'm going to try to figure that out while you guys kick off the topic but uh you know trump's been saying a lot congress not able to get this uh, bill passed for the stimulus package. Um, uh, uh, so far, not looking good in D.C. What do you guys think? At the moment, what's causing the biggest hamper in this situation is the fact that there are a lot of senators and um, state representatives that are actually in quarantine. So the numbers have really shifted on to try to get things out of committee or try to get them into debate. And you in the Senate, you need 60 people. And right now, they're having really difficulties well, trying to get that number of I, Republicans, and I'm sorry, and Republicans and Democrats to agree on anything. Yeah, I think that that's really the biggest thing, right? Republicans and Democrats are not agreeing right now in a time when we need them to agree. Correct. Right? And we need them to make a decision and act swiftly about coronavirus, not about student loans or, you know, all the other random pork that they're trying to throw into different bills and fight over. They need to do it about coronavirus, right? And they need to pass a bill. And now we're at the third, you know, different variation at this point, trying to get, you know, something passed. And again, Democrats keep trying to stifle what we're trying to put put out there. 
it's becoming very difficult to pass anything. Yeah. And I think McConnell's already said that if it doesn't pass today, it's going to be a few days before it passes again. So right now, in my mind, Democrats are causing the obstruction and are trying to put as much pork and even almost turning this into a new deal. You were yeah. talking about how some provisions were asking for companies to have, um, what is it called? Um, for the airlines to report their emissions. Yeah, emissions. I mean, their, their biggest thing right now is that, um, you know, right now the, the admissions are something that, you know, again, right now the airlines do not have to deal with that, right? Like that's right now we're trying to save the airline, save the airline industry, try and make sure that they can still operate. And we're over here trying to talk about whether that they need to either get, again, carbon taxes, report their emissions, like those types of things. Like, so now we're asking airlines that are all of a sudden they're not even like being able to function as a as a business we're saying okay well you also need to pay more taxes while you're doing it basically and and that is really not helpful right now that's not again they need to focus on trying to solve the problems at hand solve the problems that coronavirus is presenting and then go back and try and work on these other things but that's not we're getting democrats are massively overreaching right now with they're trying to you know they're trying to get student loans covered in this they're trying to get the student loan forgiveness which we talked about last week and they're trying to you know as he said they're trying to implement a carbon tax on you know a, a part of this bill this is not the time to do this and i i've listened to aoc talk about this yesterday on uh state of the union with jake tapper and she said as far as the bill goes that if, if it's she wants to get money into the hands of american workers and to and to every american she actually said which that's fine go ahead and do that but what she said that specifically bothered me was that she said that if we're getting the money into the hands of workers then no no amount of money is too much we can increase that as as much as we need to but if the money is going to bail out corporations then she said i think we're already we already have too much well that's ridiculous if these people like yes you might be able to give them a couple thousand dollars for now but if you don't bail out the corporations they're not going to have jobs to come yeah, back yeah they can't to. they can't phrase it as bail yeah. out the corporations but they they need to do things that are going to help the industries that will allow people to come back to work yeah uh, precisely I, I agree with you're saying 100% so even in, in the in the case that you give people money they can survive if you make them go back to work for it the economy starts again if you give them money they sit at home do nothing like I know we have to quarantine for a certain amount of time, but and we should be giving them money during that time because you're yes, forcing them out of work. And that's, yeah. But the corporations during that time, they're in a complete economic freefall. And if you don't help out the employers, then so okay, great, you got say five thousand dollars. Say you had five thousand or even ten thousand dollars. Eventually, that if these corporations, if it takes them a year to bounce back, especially if you've got small economic businesses, sense, you want to come back to a job. You don't want to. Yes. You don't want to check for now. It's like winning the lottery. You don't quit your quit your job on that ten thousand dollar lottery winnings. You you don't. You go back to work. And yeah, you, and again, they go. they need to stop the bleeding, right? Yes. Because that, yeah. And, and that they're causing. Because again, I what you're going to hear through the rest of this hour from me, especially, is that you know. I do take this seriously, right? I do take the health risk seriously that that is occurring with the coronavirus and everything that's happening around us, right? But we are at a point where you need to balance the public policy and again, the economy and people's livelihoods being affected 
in the same breath as you know the lives that need to be saved in, in a hospital. And both of those things need to be taken into account and nobody wants to have those hard conversations. And that's all I'm hearing from most of our leaders, both locally, statewide, and federally, that you know, again, nobody wants to have these hard conversations and have the, you know, the responsibility of making those decisions, but that's where we're at. Oh no, people are having these conversations. They're talking about canceling capitalism and yeah. stopping yeah. the economy completely. And that Precisely. is freaking out everyone on this table, all Republicans, a lot of Democrats and independents, mm -hmm. because they know, yes, this is we're gonna be on a a slowdown or furlough for the next two, maybe three weeks at the most. They're talking about doing this for months on end, yeah. which would cripple the entire economy. And we are not a one trillion, two trillion dollar economy for the year. We are trillions a month. That, yeah. we develop, that we produce as a nation. And seeing these people continue to attack the American way and continue to attack the economy, saying that lives are, yes, lives are important. We should be doing everything we can to make sure that the hospitals are fully staffed with all the equipment that they need. But to think that we we should be planning for the future. What happens two months from now? What happens a so, month from now when everyone goes back to work? This is, this is what I wanted to get at. I wanted to read this quote today because it's really important to me and it's eye-opening and I, it should scare the hell out of everybody watching this podcast because you know people will think that again through the rest of this hour that we may be overreacting and we're not sensitive or empathetic to what's going on around us but this is this is what has come out of you know this not just the socialist circles but the left the liberal mm -hmm. circles they're coming out and saying um this is this is a direct quote from astra taylor she's a filmmaker and author um and this was on politico yesterday says, America's response to coronavirus pandemic has revealed a simple truth. So many policies that our elected officials have long told us were impossible and impractical were eminently possible and practical all along. In 2011, when Occupy Wall Street activists demanded debt cancellation for student loans and medical debt, they were laughed at many times in the mainstream media. Uh, in the intervening years, we have continued to push the issue and have consistently been told that the demands are unrealistic. Now we know that the rules that we've lived under were unnecessary and simply made society more brittle and unequal. All along, evictions were unavoidable. The homeless could have been housed. Shelters in government buildings, water and electricity didn't need to be turned off for people behind on their bills. And then sick leave should have been a right for all workers paying your mortgage late did not need to lead to foreclosures debtors could be granted relief and president donald trump has put a freeze on interest federal loans um, and andrew cuomo has paused all medical and student debt to new york state so while we're discuss discussing suspending collection or outright canceling student loans it's clear that in a crisis the rules don't apply which makes you wonder why there are rules in the first place. This is an unprecedented opportunity to not just hit the pause button and temporarily ease the pain, but to permanently change the rules so that untold millions of people aren't so vulnerable to begin with. And untold trillions of dollars are going to be used, which then will devalue the entire so, economy. So oh, real quick like, though, hold I on. Want you to unpack, Jake, I want you to unpack what just what, what, what was just said, because that is the Yeah, but Jake, please, right for now. anybody who just tuned in, please mention the, the source of who you, because I don't want people to think that we're espousing no, that no, stuff. No, 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 I'm not And that we're supporting that stuff. The, to give people, yeah, if you just tuned into our live stream, thank you. We're not um, socialists. But this is from Astra Taylor. She's a uh, an author. This was on Politico yesterday. But I, this is a, a, um, a concise, more concise. I know it was a little bit long, but it's a concise view of what they're trying to do on the left to us right now. They're trying to instill 
um, forever policies, yes. right? This is what happened there uh, back, you know, when there when there are other crises, the expansion of government, the expansion, the cancellation of debt, all of these things are these are not temporary solutions that they're going for. These are long term. This is a crystallization full. of their attitude. Yeah. They think yes. that this is a carte blanche opportunity to override the checks and balances we have in our government, to override legislation, to override the will of the people, to get what the hell they want because people are scared and it's. Yes. Upsetting everybody. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right? Going on Facebook, going to other chat rooms and talking to people, you get so frustrated and so upset because of why not just get rid of the rule of law? Why not just get rid of all issues when it comes mm-hmm. to these things? Why not just get rid of it completely? Because these are fundamental building blocks on our economy. And if you continue to move the way that they would want us to move, then it's going to be a nightmare. If we, this- would end up, we, we would end up in a situation like Venezuela or Zimbabwe did where you have massive amounts of inflation and then the, uh, you end up with a $100 billion note showing that the the currency yeah. is completely devalued and people lose faith in the currency. But there's, I mean, again, talks about just, again, you're talking about socialized housing in these yeah. conversations, right? Like socialized healthcare. I mean, literally everything like they right now there is a large group it's of people around this country it is a wish list. that want to be completely taken care of from the government and with no concern on where that money comes from what it means like what money is at that point i mean it's just like the conversations we're getting into are very dangerous that's what that's all i really and wanted to bring know, out of that that's the that's the exact thing like with you saying that they have no care where the money comes from or what what backs it or how it works like so me saying that there's a hundred billion dollar note i'm sure there's leftists out there that hear that and go so let there be a hundred billion dollar note. Why does that matter? And they don't get it. They don't understand these basic principles. And what they really don't understand is where, what they don't think about that frustrates me to no end is they don't look past like you know a year, two years. If you look into the future, thirty years, or even just look down the end, like think through your plan completely. If you pause mortgages, which I understand that right now is an emergency crisis, yeah. and there should be. The government should be doing something to help. Something However, to help the problem they've the, caused. The problem, <laughs> yes, the problem that they've caused. But to compl- if you just say like, oh, well, why do we ever have to pay mortgages? Well, yeah. that money comes from somewhere. They don't make a connection to- The mortgage connects to the to bank. Tangible and, items to yeah. be a product yeah. of work and a product of someone having to be compensated for that work. It's, it's all disconnected. They don't well, understand essential economics. And, that's, what, and that's why they're so yeah. upset with giving the money to the corporations because yeah. they don't understand the concept of, well, you should just give it to the people. No, these companies have to be around a month from now. Yes. The airplane companies have to yeah. be around a month and from I now. And I also do think that it, it, now I will say it does need to come with provisions, right? Because yes. I don't yes. think that the money should be given just carte blanche to, to some of these corporations because, you know, like Mark Cuban came out and said, like, you can't just give them, you know, a bunch of money and allow them to do stock buybacks because that's really and not a right, yeah. the right move for them because you're essentially taking taxpayer money and bailing out, you know, people with, with the stock situation. And but the problem is, is that, you know, again, you do need this money to make it down to the worker and it needs to go towards, you know, again, keeping and retaining employees and in the future hiring. But, you know, there should be provisions. It shouldn't just be free money at some point. But again, there's a big problem here and temporarily we're going to need, you know, to do something to help people out. But, you know, again, if you're going to try to say it, it needs to all go to, to people and not corporations, again, you need to at some level give it to businesses that are going to be able to hire the people afterwards. As long as, Chris, are we stressing you out with the, the need for you to have a... <laughs> a, a, a I just wanted to make sure you guys weren't going to take it from me. <laughs> um, it's very valuable. This is uh, going to make my, my life much more... Uh, 
Comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> immediate Comfortable. future. I will say, I've been stocking up on uh, New York Times newspapers <laughs> just in case things go wrong. So. Hey, Johnny, uh, did we get a couple uh, of graphics up? The ones of the uh, the, the bill that it's... Oh, passed. I'm not ready for that yet. All right, Sorry. that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and list through a couple of the things we're trying to cram into. All right, so the reason you're not getting a check today and you're in need is because they want the following in the legislation. <laughs> and they think it's connected somehow. Or they don't. They don't care. Uh, same day voter registration for federal elections. So that gives the state, county, whoever, no chance to verify if you're a voter, if you're a legal voter, if you voted twice. So yeah, yeah. stupid. Um, <laughs> airline carbon emissions offsets and goals. That's what Again, they, that's extra what you have taxes. to wait. That's what you have that's to wait for coronavirus relief for because they want that in there. Uh, Improving consumer information regarding release of greenhouse gases from flights. Stupid. I don't need to explain that. <laughs> Modification of special rules for minimum funding standards for community newspaper plans. Okay? So Tampa Bay Times the- and the local Indian Rocks Gazette need to have money because you're That's, suffering from coronavirus right now. It's becoming a Christmas tree of they're just putting whatever Because they want. shows like oh this are God. overtaking the newspapers. <laughs> And you guys think I'm joking. You really They're trying to save the newspapers. America <laughs> needs to know this that, stuff. This isn't you know what that it's fine if you want to save the newspapers. This isn't the time <laughs> no. for it. This is no. not the time for you it at make, all. You don't people put people under duress to do this kind of stuff, something that's very important and then give them, you know, the ultimatum that something today, stupid like that like has to get put into if it. If it doesn't pass today, I think it's not gonna pass game. until Thursday or Friday at the latest. And even then, I don't think it's gonna get passed either. Oh, it gets it's better. I can't believe it's gonna, it. it, it, it yeah, I, I don't think the Senate should... Again, if it's this bad, don't pass it, honestly. Show that you have some kind of backbone and don't let it happen. Yes, people are suffering, but now we're what we're almost 20 days into some kind of furloughed of the situations, starting from almost a week uh, to almost two weeks now. It's going to get worse in regards to people are going to stop working and everything's having, coming to a grounding People halt. are not stopping working, by the way. People are getting fired. There's a yes. big difference yeah, between no, yeah. stopping working. There is a large group of the population that would love to continue on oh, yeah. with at least semi-normal activities. But again, their companies are ceasing to operate, so now they are laid off. And I said this, I think, uh, a little bit earlier uh, last week was that right now, I, these are just my numbers, right? I'm just going to throw out some numbers here for you. <laughs> I think that we're going to see at least 10 million people unemployed within the next few months. And that is a low number, to be honest. And again, in comparison to, you don't want to try and compare human lives to lost jobs. But at the end of the day, you're going to end up seeing, like, I would say at least 10 million people losing their jobs. And then that is causing the economy to go down between 20 to 30% in quarter two. There are people that, 20, are, that are We didn't do that, that during predict, the depression. There are people that have predicted a 50% uh, decrease in the economy. Yeah, that's it's, not gonna happen. Yeah, so, I, I, not know, 50, I know, but 20 to 25%, that puts us in Great Depression and World War yeah. II numbers over a virus that currently has 12,000 people dead across the country. Now, again, I take it Whoa, seriously. not dead, no case, not no, 12,000 no, 12, dead. Sorry, 12,000 cases, yeah, you're right. Sorry, it's not even that bad. <laughs> the point is that, like, again, there is a there is a situation here. 573 passed, by the way. 573 people. So, again, most counties in this country do not have it, but we have orders that to shut down. That's why, again, you're seeing cities like New York and L.A. shut down because they've got these dense populations. And I guess we can kind of get ourselves into the, the, the city and state you know, response to this versus what they've been doing federally. I want to say one more thing regarding what you're saying. So regarding the value of human life versus the economy, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a statistic that people, a lot, of, not a lot of people know about called the quality adjusted life year. It's mm-hmm. the essentially the value of a human life for the course of a year. 
when you you have to make trade-offs, okay? So imagine you have 20 first grade kids who can't go to school, therefore their earning an income is delayed for another year. The parents of those kids not being able to provide for those kids so the kids suffer for the next year, okay? That's got a value to it, okay? So at a certain point, you have to say, all right, this 81-year-old person dying a year early or destroying the opportunity for these families. Yeah, again, and they're tough conversations. And I mean, like, they, they people don't want to have those type there of tough conversations. That's, exact, that's so. exactly the thing is that people don't, they see what's happening in Italy where they're having to make the decision to anyone that's over the age of 80 doesn't get a ventilator, doesn't get the ICU. Those are tough conversations. We are nowhere near no, that well, in this country. But, that, and that's, but that's kind of the thing is that we don't want to have that conversation. We don't want to have to make those choices. Well, let me, let me so say this. So I understand this. them flattening the curve yeah. to try to prevent us from doing that. But at some point, that conversation maybe won't have to be had about who lives and who dies, but we probably should be having that conversation anyway so that in the event that the crisis does get worse, we are ready and know what to do. Because my biggest issue with the way this has happened mm -hmm. is that we have not had a plan. No. The government has not. Zero. I mean, the fact that you think that we don't have enough masks for everyone in the country, but they can print $300 million in the blink of an eye. But it takes them, I mean, I don't think masks are that difficult to make. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's <laughs> that should have been something. We saw SARS happen in China. We saw other diseases ha like occur over you yeah. know, the past 10 years. We should have been prepared and we weren't. And what? that's not administration, that's CDC. Like the, the departments that this is their job to constantly be building up the reserves, to constantly be building up ventilators and making sure that we have enough. And that's the thing, we have a technically a very healthy society where we don't need 5% of, of beds per 100, yeah. per, per 1,000. Well, actually, if so you look at- we're, we're doing pretty decently when it comes to that. Yeah, you're, yeah, read that off. So if you look at um, the statistics on hospital ICU beds per capita with uh, the US compared to other countries. So let's start with China. They have 3.6 ICU beds per capita per, per 100,000 inhabitants of the country. Um, it's not surprising that we have a high death rate in China because of that. Uh, when we get to other numbers, you'll kind of uh, you'll see why. The UK is 6.6 .6 ICU beds per 100,000. Uh, okay, we'll get into Italy. 12.5 ICU beds, twice as many as uh, the UK and th four times as many as China. The United States has 34.7 ICU beds per 100,000. So when you see people comparing the US to Italy, mm -hmm. being like, oh, Italy's having all these problems, we have way more capacity than they do. Well, and we have a real medical system, which everyone I wants to complain yeah. about right now, but Italy has, guess what? Nationally run healthcare. Single it's not going so well yeah. for them right now. We have a, a the most advanced healthcare system in the world. You know, for all of its flaws, it exists and we have a lot of innovation. And so again, I, I I stress the seriousness of this, but I think that again, overall it's being overblown to the point of what you it's know not, what we're seeing right I now. I don't think it's being overblown. And I think we do need to wrap this up. But at the end of the day, there are huge clusters that are happening in New York and LA. Yeah. That's why the government is, and the military has sent medical ships that have a thousand yeah. plus beds in them. They're sending eight hundred nurses and doctors. That's what the government's responsibility is for. Yeah. One, and we as Floridians, we all know Every season we go through hurricane season, and yeah. what happens? You're told you were meant to survive on your own, your household for five for a week. 
you need to have enough supplies during hurricane season yeah. at any time to be able to supply on your own. And then it's the it's the it's the responsibility of the city and then the county and then the state to make sure that's how it organizes. We're not supposed to be crying to Washington just because we're having an issue in Hillsborough County, Miami Dade. There's a cluster. They need to get. They need more medical support from the federal government. But Hillsborough County and what's happening right now does not need that. Let's go ahead and reset our topics for today. Uh, again, we just uh, dug through the federal response uh, here locally in Tampa Bay. You know, we had a big uh, press conference uh, where they had the emergency council meet and decide on whether or not they were going to be shutting down the city as a whole and maybe even the county. Um, you guys, uh, it was contentious. It was a mess. Um, the mayor, un very unhappy right now. Um, let's go ahead and pick apart that conference call because I think it's incredibly important to at least what's happening here in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, so so what I'll say about that is, you know, again, if you weren't on the uh, the emergency policy group conference call today that we had around amazing. Tampa, <laughs> um, it's something that is probably happening around your local government too, like if you're listening from anywhere outside of Hillsborough County, they're having conversations right now on whether or not to shut down the city basically, right? And curfews and things like that and like what are the measures we're gonna be taking? And if there is one takeaway from that call, it is that they are fully inept to do their job, that they have no preparation at all, that there is no plan from either your your local uh, you know board of county commissioners, from your from your mayors, from your congress people. I mean, I will say I ha I was on this call today and I got to speak with our congresswoman Kathy Castor, and I asked her point blank, "What numbers are we looking for to return to normalcy? What are we trying to measure? What are, if we're shutting everything down right now?" What is the goal? Is it the goal to get this many tests? Is the goal to, you know, to get this many people, you know, out of infection or out to get this, whatever that is. Like, what are we trying to do here? Because if you're going to shut things down, you need to tell us why and what you're trying have to do. Have a plan. And have a plan. And what she said to me was, I can only be described as like a, a fumble in a, uh, and then like they basically hung me up off the phone. And so, like. <laughs> you're answering, you're asking the hard ones. They're asking nice. the hard question. <laughs> yeah, too hard of a question. Too hard of a question is like, what are we doing here? And that's, and again, it should be scary to you because they are not prepared locally at all. And then again, you listened to all of our county commissioners talk about how like they had no idea what was going on. Everybody that is a CEO of a major hospital like Baycare and in Tampa Bay. They sounded so much more put together. Of course they were. The, they run a hospital. So we they have a real job. So we had TGH, Advent, St. Joseph's, Baycare. Uh, and if I'm missing someone else, please let me know. All of those CEOs sounded so put together. Yeah, they knew that what the responses were going to be. We they knew where where their next steps can be, and they were basically asking this emergency policy group, "Give us what you tell us. Just what give you us want supplies. Us basically, no, tell us what you want to do. What you want us to do, and we will yeah. do it. But you first have to get to that point. And it went to like three or four motions, and then they're, and then they're, they're back. They're like, but we still haven't been told if we're allowed to use the emergency kit. Yeah, they almost ended the entire call, <laughs> a two-hour call. They almost ended it without discussing testing testing and uh, they were and they had to stop them and be like uh guys we didn't get to testing you guys like you guys argued over a curfew and nobody understood what like it was a mess go back and listen to it if you want have a two hours to spare frustrating for me because you know when you look at both china and south korea the way that they were able to actually manage and bring down new infections it was not through quarantining and through, i mean somewhat through quarantine but not through complete isolation but through testing, being able to actually test people and test patients and figure out who has it and who doesn't. I mean, my brother's out in California and one of uh, his clients 
He went to the hospital with a fever saying, I think I have coronavirus because he was in the hospital not that long ago. And they didn't test him. They sent him home. Well, let me, look, I, what I will say to that, what I will say to that too, yeah. we had a conversation just a few hours ago with doctors that work at a, a local hospital and they said, we have people who have tested positive for this virus. We sent them home. I think I don't know how like they, you can listen to the media and get hysteric over the situation, but there are people testing positive for the coronavirus and they are being sent home by doctors but because be, it is so mild. But they're being sent and, home by doctors. Yes, for for them to do a self quarantine. Sure, yeah, that's sure. You, that's what you should be doing. And what was on the call was that there, there you need to call, and this is what Hillsborough County and the and the hospital people have told us. You need to call a particular number, tell them what your symptoms are, who you've been in contact, with, everything else, and they will let you know if it is appropriate. For you to come in and get a test. But because everybody again, wants a not, test right now. But there's not enough tests to be able to go around in Hillsborough County. And I understand that, and that's fine. But that's why when Jake asked that question about what are we looking for, I mean, are we waiting for us that I thought yeah. that the plan was until we have enough tests and enough masks to get out to people. There but has when to be they a metric. Yeah, but when they don't even know that. It has to be acceleration oh, rate of infection. It has to be number of cases. It has to be some kind of measurable quantity in order to do this very serious business of shutting the entire city down indefinitely. And it's so politically expedient yeah. to be like, so shut everything down. You can look golden that way. There's no and then, there's that's, no effort that's involved in making here. that it, hard decision. There's no hard thought involved in that. It feels like they're doing it almost like you know, it's like New York did it, and everyone applauded, and you know, then LA did yeah. it, and yeah. all the Democrats mind you, and the media applauded. Mind you, New York's numbers doubled overnight. Well, yeah. the numbers, you know, yeah. so numbers don't mean anything though, because the numbers are, are based off of tests when you're allowed to get a test when they really think you have it. Right. I mean, we're we're still working completely on com just. BS numbers. There's no other way of saying also, it. You Nobody's got, working with accurate data. Also, you probably got it a week or two ago. It took that long for you to get symptoms, and then it took even longer to get the test. There, there's so, so much inaccuracy here, and the decision making based off of we're making we're making decisions based off of nothing, and we're going nowhere with any sort of plan. Because again, at the highest levels, when you talk to people in Congress and you ask them and you say. What are we like? You want to shut us down for 15 days? Okay, what about 15 days? And they just say, well, you know, it's going to be a really hard couple weeks. We'll reevaluate. We'll that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Well, you, and the perfect example is that a lot of these congressmen, let's just say, because they're obviously of high visibility, that are, have been diagnosed, have been uh, sure. told that they have uh, the coronavirus or COVID 19, are asymptomatic. You know, because they've gotten it at such an early stage, they're not showing any of the symptoms yet. And so they're able to go and quarantine themselves, you know. Well, but, or unless you're Rand Paul, who decides to, he's <laughs> waiting a test and decides to go swimming in the uh, Senate pool and work out at the Senate gym and go to lunch with <laughs> Mitt Romney and a couple you other little senators. licking doorknobs. It's, it's just like, and he, of all people, he's a physician. physician. He's a physician. <laughs> right. Like, how are you? You're the one person that should recognize the seriousness of this. And to be so brash and like just him. put other people's <laughs> health at risk, that's just, it's abhorrent. It's honestly abhorrent. And it's like, I really just, I hate that behavior. And if you yeah. do think that you have, we might think that we might be sitting here saying that it's really not all that bad if they're able to just send people home. But if you do, ha it is highly contagious. So if you have it, or you think you have it, by God, don't go outside. Don't see me. <laughs> well, no, but I, that's I, I, the I, purpose I, of the self. That's yes. why we have shut down but this a is large portion of the economy to make sure that we are. And so for a we're senator to not it, abide by that makes it better. <laughs> this, it forget out. we're on the show right now, guys. This is <laughs> this we are is flushing it out. The system is going to work. We are flattening the curve if we all are doing what we're supposed to do, which is self isolate. This is the problem. Social distancing. This, we're, first off. 
we're not sitting six feet apart. Unfortunately, the cameras <laughs> will not allow us to move all six feet apart. But the point is that, no, people are acting like this is that movie Bird Box. Have you seen Bird Box? No. Okay, it's a terrible movie. It's probably the worst movie that we've had in like years. Yeah, it's yeah, on I Netflix with that. Sandra Bullock. Of course he's on Go that. watch Bird Box. People are acting like it's that, where you can't go outside and look at the sun. That's what people are acting like. You can go outside and look at the sun. You can be outdoors. Like That's why I don't understand, like, you know, when you shut down public beaches, I understand when you have too many people clustered together, but you can... The, you can go outside. You can be outdoors in salt in the sun and salt water and things like that. Like you can't be six feet from somebody with their coughing and sneezing on you. I, but like people are acting like you cannot come outdoors. Also, I actually just, saw yeah. two people fishing on Gandhi Beach today get sent home by Pinellas County Sheriff's Office alone. <laughs> Not two people together. Two people alone. No, 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 no. Here, places. let me give you the better example, which is what I fear is is what Jane Castor wants to do. Because if any, if, if a police chief there knows how to do anything, it's it's how to lock people up. Right? Right. And and so <laughs> there were two people that of two friends who casually came across each other on the street in California. And this is a true story. They were stopped by the police department. They were charged with a misdemeanor and given a four hundred dollar ticket for not not adhering to whatever the social distancing rules are that have come down in California. $400 ticket for saying hi to your friend that you saw I just want to uh, say, uh, on the street. I just want to say this because this was a question that, again, that nobody wanted to answer on the phone, is that if you put in shutdown orders, what happens to people when they go outdoors? Are you going to start throwing them in jail? Are you oh, going to start ticketing them? Are we going them? to have roadblocks on Del Mabry and Bayshore? Like, like, that's what I want to see. I want If they're going to go there, I want to see roadblocks Everywhere. No, I don't want to see of any of that. No, but that's that's I, the ridiculous of where this conversation is going. I just know you that, want like, everyone to stop doing what they're doing, then you're going to take resources from the police and the sheriff when they should be doing other things, and you're going to be making well, something for them to do. There's more important around, things the, than quarantining people, forcibly. No, no the. <laughs> The point is that where when it comes down to enacting some of the things they want to enact, like a curfew and like in going home, like who is going to come and enforce that? Are the police going to come and put you back in your homes if you're just a lot? You want to go to your business? Like we were talking about this before. Like there, the discussion of a curfew keeps coming up when they're shutting businesses down and, and telling people to go home after 10 p.m. Well, you know what? There's a ton of people that work after 10 p.m. and a ton of people that are in also essential industries mm-hmm. after 10 p.m. Just because they're all 60 something years old, you know, sitting at a, at a county commission's, you know, table and being like, oh, well, nobody's up from, you know, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Yeah. If you stay yeah. out past 11 p.m., how are you going to get early bird breakfast at Cracker Barrel? Well, you can't get any Cracker of that Barrel's now. Cracker Barrel's not open but, to begin with. <laughs> but, or point, yeah. but no, my point <laughs> is that, like, when you talk about doing those kind of things, like, so, like, what, how are you going to enforce it? Because that's a real question. And, and, and I will tell you right now. That, what's terrifying is that when you talk about how are they going to enforce it, when the federal government is talking about, you know, suspending a habeas corpus. It's and scary. I, and yeah, so that you could be arrested for leaving your home or trying to say you're trying to go to your business. Are you telling me you're going to arrest me for trying to go to my own business and then hold me indefinitely without a trial? Without a trial. And just, yeah, the, just the DOJ, what the DOJ su- suggested this week that the article came out about them being able to suspend constitutional rights. And that is what we're jumping into different topics right we now are, because we're, we're, we're going to get we're getting into the social contract conversation, which I'm finally getting into because we've led there, is that we are towing a very fine line between public safety and public health and infringing on civil liberties. And when you start to give in to the, the civil liberties debate. It, it may never come back. And that's why it was so important to listen to that quote from earlier in this show is that, again, once you cross the line, it's very hard to go back. And so we need to stand strong as Republicans. Again, you might 
truly, truly believe this is the worst health crisis we're ever going to see in our lives. We need to do everything we can to stop it, but we need to be very conscious about what we're talking about when it comes to breaking down civil and liberties. we had a lot of Republican lawyers very adamant about, like, we can't really tell you what to do until we see it. It's almost mm-hmm. like we'll, we'll know that it's gone too far when we see it, and we don't want to get to that point. And that's why I had a huge problem with the simple fact of the stay-at-home, stay-at-shelter uh, ordinance that they're pushing, because who is out now besides getting food, going to their wow. jobs that need to go? That's the bigger conversation is your what are you trying to do? If you're trying to buy more time to get more ventilators, to build more hospitals, to make more beds, that's one thing. Two, but again, at the most. There's then no you should be able to no tell. You should be able to tell people we are keeping you in for 15 days so that we can get to one million beds. Yeah. If you can tell me that, then we can all look then around at each other away. and go, "We're doing this because our goal is to is to add one million more beds." So that's that's the goal. I don't. But if you can't yeah. do that, then what are we doing? So to what you're saying, as far as like if we can justify quarantine, justify a curfew of some sort, you, I think there should be two guiding principles in people's everyday life. Do your best to minimize infection. Do your best to keep six feet apart. Whatever guiding principle. You can still live life without a curfew, without being locked in your home, and do those things. We can still yeah. have, we we can have, have both at the same time. And we have to have faith in individuals, which I understand why we don't. Because when you see senators like Rand Paul, I have more faith in individuals doing, than faith in our things. government, especially after listening to them talk on a phone call today. I agree with I that. I have a lot more faith in individuals doing this. And this was the verbiage that came out on the, on the phone call was... Self-reliance, self-responsibility is yeah. keeping people home with their children, making sure grandma and grandpa are okay in the in the retirement home, making sure everyone is good. I can the social contract gives you yeah. a week, two weeks, three weeks at the most of everyone saying, you know what? Let's make sure everyone's okay. And Let's you, make sure we have all the responsibility. But when you the, push too far, they, they and stop that's what and that's why I tell it. people all the time: you think this is going to be a problem now. Three weeks from now, we're still in the same place. All hell is going to break yeah, loose because yeah. no the social contract is going up. to get broken because yeah. you have done nothing. Because right now, like I, this is one of the most important things I think I'm going to say on this podcast today is that right now, the way that I see the divide in this country is not Republican and Democrat, actually, despite some of the stuff that's happening at the federal level. It's not like men and women or like young and old and things like that. What I'm seeing is that there is a split between people who are in a comfortable position in their life mm-hmm. and people who are not. And what I mean by that is that the people who are advocating for full shutdown, lockdown, shut down the economy, the the health is the most important thing. Those people are elderly. They already have a fixed income. Maybe they're retired. They're people who work in public health or work in in any sort of public position where their their paycheck is guaranteed. And then it's, again, uh, younger people who are maybe still in college and they don't need to worry about that yet. And then there's the rest of us who have a business or or have a job, or maybe especially if you work in the hospitality industry, or people who have to go about the rest of their lives. And those people are trying to toe the line again of okay public health versus being able to continue my life because again if you're comfortable where you are right now of course you're advocating for all the health like your 85 year old grandma she's freaking out i understandably right health is more important to her than the economy Mm -hmm. but again your young professionals your young conservatives that we have right now like we're more concerned about the economy because again we have another 50 to 70 years left to live and again we don't want to ruin the country over over the over the health issues that we have right now so that's where i see the split and you know again you guys can have your take on that if you if you have something to chime in but that's where i see that the the line is divided is based off of where you are in a comfortable place in life versus if you need to continue working basically oh, i agree well, and so that's, that's really deep that's actually yeah. a real, real excellent analysis um so and it wasn't always that way everyone was on the safe side a week ago but 
six days ago, five days ago, two days ago. People are starting to freak out. They, they want to know a plan now. And that's yeah. that's, that's an excellent analysis. I can't, I can't top that. Thank you. Well, uh, real quick. All the time. No, you don't. Again, thanks to Big Pack Review, Conservative News Today, for carrying our program. What's the yard sign? The most important relevant right. podcast right. in politics. We appreciate you watching. Of course, uh, not a whole lot much else to talk about other than the coronavirus and the effects it's having on us federally, locally. Uh, we want to thank everybody in the comments section. Uh, Anthony says that he has to carry a letter around showing that he can travel in public because he's an essential worker. And that's what? eventually what, what I think some of these bureaucrats are wanting to get to and look jake you made a great point which is you're right and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on if you are someone who works in the government someone who works in be it tallahassee or be it county center um you're getting a paycheck and you're cool you're golden um and the fact that the mom and pop restaurant down the street's going to go out of business you don't really care and the truth is, is that they're going to be hundreds and i say thousands of small businesses that are going to go out of business because of this thing. Ten million, especially is if my you guess. shut down. Ten million people unemployed is what I would guess. I especially if you I do a full blown shutdown like Jane Castor but wants the, to do here in Tampa. We, as a group, need to understand that we know the people that are going to make this decision. We know the names of the people on the emergency policy group, and those individuals need to be called out. And, eat. We and by the way, that's just that's know. just Hillsborough County. Again, yeah. we I first off, thank you to our new audience, our conservative <laughs> news today. I love you guys. Like we are reading all the comments from last week we were having a great time and we're gonna do the same this week when we get off the show we love this new audience you guys have been so great to us even you know 99% of you um, <laughs> but you know again like you said like there are people here that are you know that do watch this show I know they watch this show yes. and you can I can tell you what like we're gonna be walking into the the city council meeting or the county commissioners meeting and I'm gonna give you my fines because I'm not going to stop going out and doing essential business because we shut down or decide to put a curfew at 10 p.m. I mean you're gonna have to deal with that as a real decision that you're making you need to weigh those decisions versus your you know again your health your health well, issues. And, some, and something that, you know, they're talking about health issues, but they're also, so the health issue though, that's only, the only one that's taking precedent is coronavirus, which I understand. But there are people like me who have health conditions and I rely on getting a, an infusion every four to six weeks. Well, that has been completely shut down because it's considered a non-emergency procedure. So there, I'm considered doing pretty well for my condition. But there are people that are much worse off than me that wear masks all the time anyways because of how sick they are. Mm -hmm. And for them, they're, I mean, even for myself, but like our quality of life, life will be completely destroyed if they can't go and get their, you know, their necessary treatment. Yeah, we, I think that's a really good point because we've also suspended like dentistry, yeah. right? So if you have a, like a, like a terrible infection in your tooth right now, like you can't go into the dentist to get that fixed. So like we are putting the coronavirus above other medical conditions, which again, I understand yeah. why we're doing it, but you know, tell it to somebody who has got an infected tooth right now and they can't get into a well, dentist. I guess, I guess my thing is like that, you know, with I get it for the ones that have to be you know hospitalized mm. and have to be on bed yeah lines. elective surgeries when, I understand that but, well no no I'm saying for you know for the coronavirus patients that really are need to be on ventilators yeah. in the hospitals but when you're sending people home you're yeah. just you're not you're just saying okay you have it go home but then there's people out there that are much sicker than people that actually that even have the coronavirus mm. because they have their typical health conditions and they're very sick all the time and they need to get treatment but because they're not about to die then they're just stuck they're completely stuck and then no one's foreseeing either how when the doctors are allowed to practice again 
they're going to be completely overbooked and overworked and people aren't going to be able to get their doctors, see their doctors or get their medication. This is a knee-jerk reaction, seeing what's happening in Italy, mm-hmm. seeing what happened in China, and then not, but then not seeing what happened in South Korea of yeah. how they did not shut the whole yeah. system down. You haven't heard that in the and news, they, have you? No, and they were able to flatten the curve. They were able to keep things moving and going forward. Children were still able to go to school. My conversation is this. We, at the local level, this is the be- we can touch our leaders who are about to shut down Hillsborough well, County. No, we can't touch them because well, we have to stay no, six, six feet away. We can email them. And we know these people individually. We've met them multiple times. We know them by name. We've gone to parties and events with them. You do that, you damage the bottom 20% of the economy. Those people that are in most need that do not know what they're doing next week. If... If Tampa is not going to write me a check tomorrow for shutting down the whole system, well, speaking of Tampa writing you a problem. check, we have an extra three hundred million dollars that's sitting around in a giant pot for yes. all for transportation. I hope that the city leaders are ready to tap in <laughs> to their seriously tap into your reserves because if you shut the city down and you tell businesses that they can't go out and get and actually do business, then you better be can't tapping that that three hundred million dollars that you collected from us that you taxed us mm-hmm. as the highest tax county in this in this in the uh, state right now then that's going to have to come back to the small business owners who can't go to work. Having a curfew makes no sense. Shutting the city down makes no sense. See, (laughs) you of all people know that a a clock is, a broken clock is right at least twice a day. (laughs) Anyways, so that's, but that's what we're all trying to say. Curfew is not going to stop anything. There's too many people transporting in and out of the city. Having a complete shutdown will do nothing but damage even more people. And yes, the argument is that are we going to say, are we going to save lives? You, if you don't give me a plan, this is the thing. This is the thing about saving lives. This is the biggest thing about saving lives because the one thing you're going to keep continuously here is this flatten the curve. You've already said it three times this this podcast, right? Like flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve. Well, guess what happens at the end of the curve? The same amount of people get the virus. Like, I don't think people understand that. Like, just because you've spread out, and I get why we're doing it. I get the theory behind why we're doing it. It's so that, again, we're not totally spiked over a single day or a single so week and overwhelming the system. Do you but, agree but with people doing don't, it? But pe- well, yeah, I understand taking provisions. And again, we've been railing on it tonight, needed today. But we take needed provisions, not complete shutdown. There's Correct. a big difference. And again, when you flatten the curve, the I think people are still extremely worried about getting this because they think they're going to die. Like people are panicking because they think, think they're going Ebola. to die. They think it's Ebola. They think it's like it's going to like start. You're going to start bleeding from all of your different orifices, and like we're going to be like in a, in a disgusting like you know movie like situation, like apocalyptic and situation. I, and I am so upset with the city of Tampa because they were floating the fact that they were going to shut the city down on over the weekend, saying that it was going to happen on Monday. And yeah, people just panicked yeah. again. Oh yeah, trying to shut business and owners. Else. And that's business owners started to panic. And that is the most upsetting thing about it. You were you were you don't even have the votes. You had and restaurants you were saying that you were going to shut down the entire city, so people yep. panicked and started buying like crazy again. Yeah. you caused another panic. Yeah, but again, you couldn't right, buy right. guns this weekend anywhere. <laughs> That's a whole other yeah. issue. But, yeah, what, but, but, but you had restaurants who were literally trying to liquidate all mm-hmm. of their food inventory yeah. because they thought that they were going to be shut down as a Monday. And yeah. these are the kind of consequences that we're talking about. And, and I they, don't could, think, they couldn't care less about no. these small businesses. Well, not just that they couldn't care less, is that there's like, again, go listen to the calls. Go listen to the conversations because now they're, ha- now they're one thing that's good that's happening out of this is that public. they've done a public Facebook Live like we're doing now. And the engagement, they probably had more engagement on their, on their Facebook Live video today than 
than they have of any yeah, county commission, yeah. uh, you know, video that's happened in in history because uh, it's the first time they actually did it on Facebook Live, I think. So again, that, it, I that is good. I like that. And I, I have a question about the, you know, with Hillsborough County going and shutting this down. I really hope. I mean, because we already know that they don't have a plan when it comes to, uh, you know, why how we're doing this or what what they're mm. looking for to end it, but also. Who is going to end up paying the people of Hillsborough County for this? Are they going to sit there and rely on the federal government to do it, or do they have a plan well, no, to get money you, into and they're, our But hands? they're pointing you to the state bridge loans right now, yeah. right? So every every question that was asked today about small business in like the city but when those this are small was, businesses not necessarily no, they're not. Yeah. Exactly. It's not just ten ninety nine. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, but yeah. every small every small business owner I've talked to has said that there's no way that they're taking an SBA loan, even at zero interest, because the last thing that any smart business owner wants to do is go into debt. Yes. And this happens after every hurricane. Mm -hmm. I know during my time at Senator Rubio's office following the hurricane that hit Pensacola, when we were talking to small business owners out there, none of them wanted to take out the SBA loans because, again, they're already making slim margins as it is. They're already having to compete against these giants. And now you're going to tell them that they got to go and take on debt? They're not going to do it, again, even I at zero interest. I think it's a good option. I think it's a good option to offer people bridge loans at 0% interest. I do think that's a good uh, move financially. Yeah, but that's not going to solve, solve the problem no, that no, you're saying. And then the other thing is this, is, is that you're talking about essential businesses, right? And I'm sure that supermarkets uh, fall under essential businesses because, again, they are continuing to provide the you know food and supplies and all those things, which, again, hello, people, supply chains are still A-OK. -okay. Relax. OK, don't need to hoard the chicken. Um, you know, and meanwhile, these supermarkets, I'm at, you know, sitting at a supermarket in West Tampa uh, just yesterday and it's packed. There's nobody at the entrance monitoring who's coming and who's going, the, the amount of people inside the building. There's nobody monitoring whether or not the that the shopping carts have been cleaned. Nobody monitoring the... the, the you need to go to Whole Foods because they wipe they wipe your cart down for you. No, now. look, hey, Costco, <laughs> as a matter of fact, also doing an amazing job wiping down all the, all the shopping carts, <laughs> controlling the flow of people. But again, these, these other restaurants, these other supermarkets are not doing that. And if they're going to stay open, then that defeats the purpose of, of a lockdown to begin with. Yeah, and that's what China did that actually helped them in the, you know, helped them bring the uh, new cases down to zero was that they actually monitored who was coming in and out. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe, we'll see. Maybe, but you know what I'm saying. Well, I, yes. I do think the virus will end up resurging, but I, you know, as a whole, though, they didn't, it wasn't just a complete isolation. It was that they, you know, monitored the flow of people coming in and out of stores and they had testing for as many people that needed it. And it's that we, the fact that we don't have any of that in place is yeah. so frustrating. So, so I guess also, everything you hear out of China is a lie <laughs> yes. to begin with. Yes. The only thing I would ever South, I South, I South, South Korea. I could have said South Korea. I would rather Korea, take South Korea because yeah. everything, China's been lying about GDP for the last 10 years. Yeah, I should have so, said so, South Korea. So also I will say this because I don't even want to spend more than 10 seconds on this. It's not racist to call it the Chinese virus. Oh, it's not no, racist not to call it the Wuhan virus. It's not even one of our topics today because it's not racist. It came from Wuhan. Called the Wuhan. I don't. I don't like Chinese virus as much as I like calling it the Wuhan virus. I yeah. think that, or even. I mean, again, whoever you want to call it, it's not racist. It, it almost sounds like the Wu Tang time. virus, which is much cooler. Wu Tang yeah. virus. Would be cool. I don't. I, they that don't need that kind cooler. of bad brand. But <laughs> at the end that. of the day, China should be completely held responsible for the epidemic that's occurring right now. The fact that they lied to the entire yeah. world for three weeks to a month, throwing Months, doctors yeah. into prison because of what was going on, destroying test samples. So the fact that we can't even know where this started, it's all China's fault. I think not the people. The government. Yeah. Thank you. And I think yeah. that's a very important point because, again, the, the reason why the left is sitting around calling Trump racist and, and things like that is because 
he, they're acting like it's like towards all Chinese people. No, it's no. towards the Chinese communist government. Yeah, we're not. That's who. That's not, who people are mad they about. They know better. They're just using it as political hay, and it's stupid. Yeah. We're I, not blaming the one, the one billion, one point four billion Chinese people for the virus at all. We are blaming the Chinese government for what they did. Yeah, and, it's, and for not handling it. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap up the, today's show on this topic uh, to squeeze it in here before we call it a night. Insider trading under the coronavirus. Uh, you know, I said what's you know what what's funny about all this is that we're all very divided about who to blame in regards to leadership and how and the handling of uh, this crisis. Um, but the one thing that everybody seemed to rally behind was the fact that there seems to be a lot of insider trading going on in Congress. Uh, as uh, I think uh, about what four or five. Uh, congressmen, senators, uh, all got caught uh, moving, uh, moving uh, their stocks in quite significant numbers. Yeah. Right before everything went down regarding the coronavirus, and uh, again, I think it's kind of a bipartisan agreement that something needs to be done about this, guys. Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to this issue, right, like the optics are as bad as it possibly can get, by the way. Like, Republican and Democrat, like, we're, we are the Tampa Bay Young Republicans. We are the Florida Federation, like, national young Republicans. We will throw the Republicans under the bus that if they are insider trading on information and then lying to the public about how, you know, what the status of the, it, the administration is. it's true that they yes, themselves... Allegedly called their people to short stocks yeah. and everything, yeah. then yes, that's true. There are some, the one one of the female senators from, I think, Loff, Georgia, is, is Georgia, from Georgia, has said, and I think she's right, because her husband is the head of the, of the New <laughs> okay, York Stock Exchange. Okay, but time out. Should that even be allowed? I mean, her yes. husband is it's the head of the New York Stock Exchange, and she sits in Congress. I don't, oh, because I, I, that's a conflict senator, of interest. They're senators right now. They're married to the leaders of banks and so, the large insurance so companies. Yeah, here, here's what I'll yeah. say. That doesn't make it any better. It, it, yeah, but it is what it is. Here, here's Democrats what I'll say and about Republicans. In the situation, again, like in the in the court of public opinion, these guys are all guilty, right? Oh, yeah. They're oh, all yeah. guilty. Yeah. Right when away. it comes to a, a like actually going and having to face like maybe a lawsuit from this or anything like that, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Like, right, they, they didn't, they probably, probably did not do anything illegal. Does that make it morally right? Does that make it right? No. But again, there there's a lot of loopholes within the way that they're able to trade that, again, it needs to be addressed. And it's something that maybe is going to come out of this uh, entire epidemic that is good, is maybe reform on congressional trading. If yeah, if it, it is insider trading, then yes, they are going to go down because they changed the laws last cycle to make sure that people cannot do that anymore. But some of the senators have already said that they don't do anything, mm -hmm. and they're not even told until two or three weeks after trades have already been made that something has happened. So that's why I'm saying, yes, you're right. Public opinion, they're screwed. But oh. when it comes to legally, I think maybe one or two of them will go down because of course someone's going to make a phone call and they're going to find out. Yeah, legally the, the key difference is if they called their financial advisor and told them, hey, I got this information that's not, that the public doesn't know. If you t roll over to your husband and say, like, who's the head of the New York Stock Exchange, here's what I got briefed about but this he's week. he's also the person that doesn't trade his own stocks. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I don't know about you, line. Jake, but I roll over poor, to my yeah, significant other. <laughs> I, I roll over to my significant other, and I'm like, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> well, if you had 1.6 million dollars in an individual stock, you might. <laughs> yeah. I will fall on this knife briefly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead. I don't know. Do you. process. It needs to be investigated, yes. and yes. I think people need to be exonerated or came, came, you know, exposed as being not terrible people if this is in fact innocent. So. Common knowledge was the stock market is pretty unsteady at the end of January. Yeah. 
this happened after common knowledge was like this is iffy so there's 50 percent chance it's do you bet on it being good or do you bet on it being bad well, I guess that, that what people... I haven't called uh, that The issue is that people feel like, you know, the, they had the opportunity to get this information before anyone else and had the opportunity to go and make a move on it while other everyday Americans yeah. were left to suffer and to watch their own well, investments crumble. However, I do think it's really difficult to sit there and just go, okay, I'm going to watch my uh, investment completely yeah. fall. I, again, that's but why it, it takes, that's why it's going to take reform. Yeah, you have to close the loophole so they can't do it. You have so to it's either. absolutely illegal. You need to, again, it's, it's going to come out of this at some point. But again, when you have uh, Senator Burr, I believe his name is, yes. he was the one that came out and, and gave a, a different answer to a bunch of private investors beforehand and said, things are really bad, basically like get ready. And then he came out publicly and said like, no, things are not that bad. But they, so when you have those kind of conflicting information, you're misleading the public, misleading yeah. the public, and then you're trading differently. So again, like there's some real conversations that we're going to have to have on no later podcasts, party, but no matter, yeah, what, no matter what the party. And then yeah, Diane Feinstein talk to talk about her now. She's been terrible for a long time. So, you know, again, I hope somebody runs against her and has a, has a pretty strong race in, in California over there on the Republican side, you know, good luck. But it's not that we needed confirmation, right? I think everybody, uh, unfortunately, deep down, they knew that this is how you had people who were, you know, living an average income. You know, some of them obviously had made wealth through other ways, but they were coming out millionaires and in some cases even billionaires out of Congress after serving in Congress. And, and, and these guys who have money and go into it realize that obviously there's not much worth it there unless you're on some sort of a power trip. But these guys who come in and leave wealthy and then it seems like every year they're in office, their 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 net worth just multiplies. What? Bernie Sanders has three houses? What? What does that mean? Yeah. So I guess it's I a think human we, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really know how much more we can say on it right now. Again, get like you said, give them their due process. Like, oh, I, yeah, you know, they're, let sure. them, they're not they're not going to again, they're not going to face any sort of charges from this because I guarantee they did it all legally again very optics, on the line optics and what you should be done and what is morally right is two different things and these guys are totally screwed politically i say two i say one to two of them have to resign because of it because it is actual insider trading i say the rest uh did it legally but mm. i will i will call it now one or two will take will get the axe yeah I, final final thoughts yeah, well, go, let's go ahead and uh, run down the table again. Thanks to Bizback Review, Conservative News Today, uh, Tampa Bay Young Republicans. Um, you know, we had a great show. Again, please leave us comments, questions. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, we appreciate you watching. We'll do this every Monday night, 7 o'clock. It's called The Yard Sign. Follow us on all the social media platforms, and you can download the audio version of the show on all the podcasts, all the major podcast platforms, Google, Apple, and uh, what's the other one? Spotify. Spotify. There we go. Thank you so much. See, that's what I have you guys around here for. All right. Final <laughs> thoughts. That. Let's start with Michelle. Uh, the, what do you think? Timeline. How much longer are we dealing with this? I think we have about two to three weeks before people are, are frustrated and won't, aren't willing to deal with this anymore. That if you're healthy and you're, you know, and you're struggling, I don't think people are going to put up with this more than about three weeks. And especially without a plan. My my final plea is City of Tampa, you know, Jane Castor, you know, Kathy Castor, please come up with a plan. And yeah. Shutting a everything plan down is not a plan. Show us. Yeah. yeah, tell the people, you know, that what your plan is and why we're doing this. Why are yeah. we shut down? What are you looking for? Like, what do you want to see in order? To, what do we have to do in order for things to open back up? That's what we want to know. Yep. All right. Anibal. 
I would like to give kudos to the other two mayors that were on the call yes. today. Uh, took Andrew, mine. Andrew Rose. <laughs> I, I told you. That's, I was gonna do. Andrew that's Rose and, uh, from Temple Terrace and Rick Lott from Plant City. Their input at the precise moment when they did gave such levity to their argument of like, who do you know that's congregating? Because everyone in our cities are locked down. Yep. Schools are locked down. Churches are locked down. Everyone's already only going out for the essentials. So what's the point of this particular move? And by them saying that, I truly believe that's the reason why it didn't get voted on. And it got and it didn't get a second twice. So the go online, listen to the conversation fully, realize what we're talking about and how scary a moment it was when these conversations were had that it was only six, there are only eight people voting and that's all the mayors of Hillsborough County that's uh, Temple Terrace Tampa Plant City two county commissioners uh, Sandy Merman and Kimberly Overman um, uh, Mike Miller and well Overman voted with Castor no yeah, yeah that's yes, what I'm, I'm reading out the people that the, the yeah. eight people that are allowed to vote oh. uh, Chad Cronister I give you props also even though I wasn't happy with Say the more, position Chad. that he had I did give him props because as a police officer and the person that's going to be in charge of whatever this group decides you kind of have to be neutral he voted um, for just the motion going forward when it came to curfew and not the motion going forward in regards to the stay at home but they're going to vote curfew on Thursday and then they're going to talk about the stay at home next yeah. week you so wanna... we bought ourselves another week so our goal is to make sure that they know how upset we are that they should not move forward with this. Yeah. So I guess final final thoughts for me, I have, I have a few, is that one, again, thank you so much to BizPack Review, Conservative News Today for, for hosting our show. Um, the Young Republicans National Federation, mm -hmm. who is trying so hard to put on a cyber conference this week because we were all supposed to be in D.C. Yeah. Uh, Dan Crenshaw is speaking right now over us, which is taking away some of our audience. That's fine. That's he's fine. doing a great job. <laughs> I'm sure he's doing a great job. Um, so thank you guys to them. And then the, the, my final thoughts, I want to go back to what I said a little bit earlier in this podcast, which is I want you to take time to evaluate like where you're coming from based on the situation you're currently in. Right. So, you know, if you're looking at this like we need to shut everything down. Health is the most important thing. Wonder to yourself, why do I think that? Is it because maybe I'm older, maybe because I'm retired, maybe because I am I feel safe in my current position? And then if you're like us who are like, why are we shutting things down? You look at it from the same position of like, well, we're not, we're not worried about the health impacts, we're worried about the economic impacts. And just be self-aware of where you're coming from with the, this position. And then again, to our local leaders, to our state leaders, to our national leaders who watch us talk about this stuff, come up with a plan. I don't know how many times we have to say it. Like again, if we're if our goal is to flatten a curve, what are we trying to do here? Give us an answer and give us a plan. And again, I, I hold steady to the people who are facing public pressure because right now the one thing that I am seeing consistently is that nobody wants to make a decision here. Yes. Everybody wants to pass the buck along to somebody else. They don't want to be the one that's blamed or even even become the hero out of the situation. They are all very very timid in their actions right now, and we need real leadership is going to come out of this, yes. right? Like real leadership people with actual opinions and strong opinions and real leaders will emerge from this emergency around the entire country and instead right now we have a bunch of very timid leaders who who don't want to be in their position you wanted the position for your title and now when you have a real yeah. you know crisis in front of you you don't want to do anything about it and so again act swiftly act boldly and actually lead the cities lead the states lead the country because right now that's act not what smartly. we have
And act smart, wisely. Yeah. yeah. Wisely. We need wise counsel. And leave toilet way. paper in the aisles because <laughs> I, I can't find any anywhere. All right, real quick. Uh, very big thank you Wait, Chris. to Christopher Kylan for our gloves. Uh, so Chris gets last word today. Go. <laughs> All right, so if we can get the, the uh, link for that video in the comments that they can watch, yeah. I would love that Or in the, uh, in the description. Uh, last thing, I think it's going to last two more weeks before people start freaking out. Then we relax restrictions, go back to normal life for four weeks, then we have another wave. You will come back. Weeks. You will come to our side at some point. Right now, everybody's freaking side. out about the health aspects of this. In two or three weeks, when this has gotten to a, an economic crisis, once the numbers come side. in and you start realizing the death rate is 0.5%, you'll be like, what the hell are we doing? Should we have gathered more information before we start doing this kind of stuff? I'll start getting worried when they actually start regulating all the, the all the supermarkets and who comes in and who comes out. Because right now, every morning before they even open the doors, it is it is a panic. It is a rush to the door. It is There's still a run mm. on toilet paper, a run on chicken, eggs, milk, all the basic essentials. And I get it, folks, but our supply chains are good. They're solid. But until they, they get a handle on supermarkets, I'm not taking any of this anymore more seriously than I already have. Almost a hundred gun stores are doing that. Currently. Almost a hundred percent of our stores. food. Yeah, they are. And the things that we need in our grocery stores is almost almost all produced, made, created all here in the United States. There's very little when it comes America, to America, like you else. will make it through this. We will <laughs> seriously, I'm totally serious right now. America, you will make it through this. We will make it through this. We will have there we'll will there fine. will be issues. There will be problems. It's going to be bad for the next month or so, but we will make it through this and we'll be stronger and our economy will bounce back and our health will bounce back and we'll be better for it. If I can't so. find my chocolate milk, I'm gonna be pissed <laughs> again. There's plenty two, of chocolate milk. Two oh last things. One plea to our, our elected leaders Please don't take the politi- politically expedient path of doing the safest thing. Think about the economic ramifications and what people's lives are going to look like after this if they are alive afterwards. Um, last thing, if you're wearing gloves and you want to actually have those gloves do something for you, degloving is an important procedure. So you want to pinch <laughs> your cuff, pull forward so the glove folds inside out, and then the nasty stuff is on your not in your hands anymore. We're out. All right. That's Goodbye, it. everybody. <laughs> boom, boom.